and welcome into another edition of Music Fanimal here on Fanimal Radio. I'm Tony Lombardi. My special guest this week from This Year Monkey, Bob Copper and Ed Paps. Welcome in, guys. Thanks for having Tony, us. Tony, thanks for having Good us. Good to see you guys. Good to see you. Pleasure. So, so, first obvious question is This Year Monkey. How did you come up with that name? And if it's for mature audiences only, let's give a warning now. It, 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 is, it is not. not. <laughs> it is not for a mature audience. Uh, basically, I was sitting around with a friend of mine. We went through about 70, 80 different band names. Couldn't come up with anything unique. And somehow we stumbled across on YouTube an old Suburban Auto Group commercial with the Trunk Monkey. There's a one where they, if you buy this car, you get this trunk monkey as an accessory. <laughs> Woman gets pulled over, cop comes up to the door and says, license and registration. Woman says, you're not gonna give me a ticket today. Cop says, license and registration. She pushes the trunk monkey button. Monkey jumps out of the trunk, comes up, tries to bribe the cop with a donut. Cop turns around and says, this your monkey? I found that hysterically funny. We Googled it. Nobody had the name, and that's where the name came from. <laughs> so you can find it on YouTube under okay. Trunk Monkey. <laughs> I will be looking for that. Google Trunk Monkey. There's actually a whole sequence of them, but there's one Google Trunk Monkey cop, and you'll find it. <laughs> so how did you guys get into the music business? You go first. I, basically, my dad used to play live when, even before I was born. Uh, he and my uncle used to play out all through Maryland, and my house has always been music everywhere all the time. So it was a Sunday afternoon jam session all the time. So I was kind of born into it, I guess. <laughs> and I was just always taken by instruments. Uh, my first instrument, I played uh, violin in the third grade. I moved on to drums, uh, a couple of other things, but uh, you know, by uh, by. Middle school, I was uh, playing guitar and playing in bands. Nice. So, uh, yeah, love music. So what do you guys do full-time? Because I don't think this is your full-time gig. It is Although, not. It is not. Okay, so talk about what you guys do on your day jobs. I'm a uh, commercial uh, real estate property manager. Okay. So I, I manage uh, 12 buildings in Prince George's County. Nice. And I'm a programmer and do factory automation programming. So... So those are full-time jobs. Now, how much time do you spend, or how many gigs do you play a week? Uh, it, it varies. How many, how many do we want to play, right. or how many do we end up playing <laughs> Either way. <now? laughs> um, it, it varies. Uh, you know, it'll be uh, two to four a week. Uh, we, we try and stay away from the weekdays, but uh, weekends, uh, you know, we're, we're pretty steady three or four a week. Total's about 100 a year. Now, I know you guys have the one gig coming up at the end of March with the Bud Bitter Banquet. That's correct, yes. You guys been doing that for like, like three or four years? This will be our fifth year fifth doing year. this. Yeah. So that's a really great banquet. It's a great cause, and I think it brings attention to the right things and, and you know, student-athletes, you know, scholastics and, and focusing on involvement in the community for these student-athletes. Definitely so. This is uh, uh, the flagship charity for uh, Raven's Nest uh, of Harford County. Um, they uh, have been doing this for 17 years. We've been involved for uh, for five years. Uh, they do different charity events throughout the uh, throughout the year to collect funds, uh, and they provide scholarships uh, one to every uh, one to a football player for every high school in Harford County. I believe that totals uh, 12 uh, public high schools plus uh, John Carroll is a, is the 13th. Do you know if tickets are still available for that? Tickets are still available. Okay. We'll make sure that the audience knows how they can get those tickets too. But it's really, if you've ever seen or been to an Ed Block Courage Award presentation, 
think of it on a high school level, and that's what they do. It does. It's you know when I'm reading through, I'm one of the judges, and when I read through some of those bios from some of those kids, and the things that they do in the community at it, that it's, age, it's amazing. Blows my mind oh, because yeah. I wasn't thinking about those kinds of things when I was 17 years old. Exactly. It, so. It's it's a it's a real feel good event, and we're happy to be involved with it. Now you guys are also involved in Ravens Nest One. You're members of that Ravens Nest. Talk about what it's like to be a part of a Ravens Nest. It's actually a great time. Unfortunately, from our standpoint, we don't get to show up as as often as we'd like because there's a lot of times we're playing because uh, they meet on Thursday nights, so we don't make as many meetings right. as we'd like to. But it's a great bunch of people, a lot of fun. Um, it's a it's a football club with uh, with community in mind, really. Um, you know, while it is a lot about sports, it, it really comes down to community and charity. Okay. Good stuff. So getting back to the music, one of the things that we've talked about on previous episodes of Music Fanimal is an idea that Drew Forrester came up with on our armchair quarterback uh, show here on Fanimal Radio. And he came with the concept of the perfect album. Now, one, and now the perfect album really is if you were playing an album, an old school album, and you drop that needle in the first groove, there's not a song you would get up to change. You know, today it's really easy to f go through a playlist and whatnot, but you couldn't change any song. So that would define the perfect album. And obviously, just like Beauty is in the Eye of the Beholder, same thing with music. But one of the five that I came up with was Dark Side of the Moon. And it's an album that I would argue probably wouldn't be a success today. Oh, no because way. people don't have the attention, attention span to take it all in. <laughs> right. I don't know about you, but the first time I listened to it, it was in my bedroom with the headphones on. I was like, this thing's cool. And I actually drifted off to sleep, and then when the, the alarm clock went off, it scared <laughs> the hell out of me. <laughs> but anyway, so you guys are going to be playing one of those tracks. Yes, we are. Free. It's a great, so. great song, great album. So. And it's still relevant today. I mean, you look at it, it still comes in and out of the charts and has since it came out. Would you guys have, do you have a perfect album? Like one of those come to mind for you? A perfect album? One of my favorites is uh, Trick of the Tale by Genesis. Uh, I wouldn't say it's the best album ever written, but for me, I just love the album and always have. Um, as far as probably what I think is the best album, I would say Rubber Soul by the Beatles. Bob? I'm a, I'm a Frampton fan. I think Frampton comes alive. You know, I don't know that it's necessarily the perfect album, but I love live music, and I think you know you can listen to that from start to finish. It's electric. It has acoustic in the middle of it, and then it finishes off strong. So you know, he's playing soon down at the anthem. I think he is. Yeah. 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 It's his last tour because there's something muscular. Yeah, he's got some kind of degenerative disease. Yeah. So this uh, is it. He, he's working with Johns Hopkins, I understand, and I heard a story where uh, he's donating a dollar for every ticket that's purchased back to Johns Hopkins to help with uh, uh, research and help Johns Hopkins. Nice, nice. So yeah. well, back to Pink Floyd. You guys are going to do Breathe for us, right? Yes, sir. Yes. All right, so here's your monkey. Or no, there's your monkey. This year, this, <laughs> this year monkey. <laughs> We've been called worse. Bob and Ed, so take it away, guys. <laughs>
Welcome back to Music Fanimal. So, fellas, breathe. Nice rendition. Really nicely done. Thank, Thank you. you so much. So, what inspired that? I mean, because you don't hear bands or duos like yourself play that very often. One of the things we try to do is try to cover songs that other people don't do. Uh, we want to be unique in that aspect that we're doing something that other people aren't. So, I mean, everybody you go out and plays Brown Eyed Girl, I'd rather play Breathe. <laughs> so. I'd rather you play Breathe as well. <laughs> Occasionally, we can be bribed. We will play, we'll play Brown, Brown Eyed Girl. <laughs> so talk about your music, musical influences. You know, what made you get into this? I know you said you grew up around it, and, and you played violin at the age of five, but what's influences that you have, and what has shaped the way you guys play today? Uh, my, my influences actually came more from my brothers and sisters. Like I said, my dad played, but he was into old-style country and basically vaudeville music, if you go back and look at it. So a lot of what he played was 20s, 30s, 40s music. Um, I got my first Beatle album when I was uh, one, I think. They told me my first <laughs> word was mother, and my second word was the whole, whole album of Meet the Beatles. So... <laughs> And it just kind of expanded from there. So I started out as a Beatle maniac, and then eventually I moved on to, I found this BBC radio show that used to come in on Sunday night that I used to listen to on a transistor radio, which is an iPod for people who <laughs> aren't as old as me. And I ended up getting into English music more than American music. So most of my influences are more English bands than American bands. Bob? Um, I, uh, it was really summer 75, summer 76 is uh, really what, you know, 
prompted me to pick up the guitar and Frampton Comes Alive, we already talked about mm -hmm. that. Kiss Alive 1 came out, the first Boston album came out. I think that was probably, you know, the greatest music musical summer uh, that, that really there was. was. And, you know, what, what's interesting is, uh, you know, I've had to backtrack to get to you know where where Ed is coming from so you know it's like I, I started from that point and moved forward and you know I've had to look back uh, to pick up on uh, you know uh, Beatles and the who and you know uh, you know some of those great 60s Hands. Well, when you think about that mid '70s era, two big albums you didn't even mention: "Rumors" by Fleetwood Mac true. and "Hotel California." And that's I mean, that true. Was, those yeah. were some yep. giants. Yeah. So that was you're right. It was a really wealthy time mm. in musical history. Great musical time. Yep. So when you guys are, are, are playing, talk about your first experience together and separately in terms of what was going through your head that first time you guys practiced got up on that mic and there's an audience there waiting to listen to you guys. Now it's all yours, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, this kind of dovetails into how we got together. Okay. Um, I had uh, played music till I was about 25. I stopped playing music, um, sold most of everything that I had, and when I turned 50, I bought a guitar. And uh, my wife says to me, you know, what are you going to do with this? And I said, well, I'm going to learn or relearn about 40 or 50 songs. I'm going to buy a PA system, and I'm going to go out and I'm going to play in bars. Which, so what prompted that? I, 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 well, I had been through a whole host of other things. I tried fishing for a while. I tried golfing for a while. I tried surfing for a while. But there really wasn't anything that fed my soul. But music, you know, coming back to that, that really feeds my soul. Why did you stop? Um, family, you okay. know, you, you, you raise a family, music gets in the way. Life, life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans, That, that right? is exactly it, you know, and, and I had fun doing other things, but, you know, not as much as I, I do playing music. So I, you know, landed a gig playing once a month, and a friend of ours from high school, uh, Ed and I went to high school together, a friend, uh, friend of mine from high school, uh, came out, took a picture, put it on Facebook. Ed saw it on Facebook. He contacted me and he says, what do you think about doing a duo? So uh, we got together, practiced a couple of songs. Like and six, six songs, I went out and played. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I, I brought him to my solo uh, uh, gig and uh, you know, I played the first set and we played collectively together the second set. There was more than six. We had 15 songs. We, we did a, a full set together and then I finished out the night and everybody was like, oh, that's too cool. So we had to go back and uh, we, we would shed it some more. And I think ever since then, it, it's been the duo and, and we've added uh, percussion now. So there's a trio, um, you know, depending on where we play, uh, you know, smaller places get the duo, bigger places get the trio. Talk about where you guys do play. So um, oh, Harford County is a wonderful, wonderful place for uh, live music. We've there's had several so much. artists that were in from Harford County. Yeah. And, uh, it, there's a few others we've had. It, exactly. Um, Main Street Tower, 510 Johnny's. Jamie Bishop. Jamie Bishop, Bishop's, yes. Uh, um, Falston Barrel House, we play there. Um, Bushmill. Bushmill Tavern, uh, headed into Baltimore County. We're at uh, River Watch, uh, Rowboat Willies, a lot of uh, a lot of the boat bars. Uh, we actually do some places in Ocean City as well. You know, I wanted you to touch on Bushmill because you know there was an unfortunate incident that happened there recently, a stabbing. And I think when people aren't familiar with the place, they automatically color it the wrong way. So there, talk about your experiences there. there. There's no reason to color that the wrong way. They are the nicest people. It's a safe place. I mean, it, it's a shame that it happened. And my understanding is it happened like 2.30 in the morning after the place was closed. Um, great food, great people. 
wonderful place to play, and I can't say anything bad about the place. It's all positive. So I, I wouldn't think twice about going back. If you've never been there, go visit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we were up there a couple weeks ago when Dennis's band, the Fabtastic Four, oh, yeah. was up there. And uh, they, they do have good food there. Oh, yeah, the food's uh, great. Yeah. Guinness is cold. The owners are super. D Dale and Lisa do a great Dale. job yeah. up there. Super nice so, people. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I wanted to ask you guys about artists, popular artists, artists that get a lot of notoriety, people seem to love them, but you guys don't get it. You don't see the attraction. So is there, is there an artist like that for either of you? Ed? Mine is corn. Uh, <laughs> I like corn. <laughs> <laughs> That's your fault. <laughs> I don't really like, I like heavy metal. I guess I don't like thrash metal. I don't get it. Um, I've always been somebody that great harmonies always twisted me the right way. Mm -hmm. When people are just sitting there screaming and it's like, okay, what's the purpose? I don't mind people screaming once in a while, but I, I love heavy bands with good vocals, I guess. So I don't understand that part of the heavy metal genre. Bob? Yeah, I, um, I, 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 I like a little bit of everything, so I'm not going to disqualify anything. Uh, the, the thing that Ed and I were talking about the other day is, you know, I really enjoy going out to see live music, and the part that I don't get about people going out to see a show now is it's a show. They hide the musicians off to the side of the stage, under the stage, so that they can dance and change outfits, and I understand that people want to see a show, but as musicians, we like to see people play their instruments, and you know, when I go see a concert, I want to see somebody play an instrument. Right. What about the flip side of that question? Are there artists that you really like that mainstream doesn't care much about? Ed, you have a whole list. Yeah, I, I could talk for hours on that because I listen to a lot of things from basically all over the world. So there's artists that people have, that have never heard of that I listen to quite frequently. Um, some of them are indie bands. Uh, typical examples, the Damn Wells. Um, oh, the Badleys. The Badleys. Yeah. Um, yeah, so from that standpoint, there's a lot of different music out there that I like, especially on the newer indie end that people have just never heard of. Music used to be kind of a shared thing where, okay, you've got this album, have you heard this album, have you heard this album? Now it's one song on an iPod or on your iPhone or whatever. People with headphones in, it never gets shared anymore. So it's not that communal thing that it used to be. It really has changed because I think it's society in general. You have to have it now, faster, better, more kind of thing. And the patience to, we talked about Dark Side of the Moon earlier, the right. patience to listen to that through just isn't there anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, I miss the thrill of you know sitting down with an album and reading the liner notes and listening to it through. And the bands that I still like, uh, I'm always out buying their CDs. And I still sit there and read the liner notes. Where my son likes the same band, he'll go out and buy one song. That's just the way it is. Right. So, so how about for you? Um, I, I can't think of uh, an off-topic uh, artist that uh, that I that I listen to that somebody else doesn't. I, I'm I'm pretty mainstream, but uh, usually it's me feeding him something, yeah. going, "You got to check that, this that out." Is, that is true. <laughs> Ed, Ed, Ed like uh, expands my horizons. <laughs> 
Well, you guys like to do harmony uh, songs that feature harmonies, and you're going to do one now from Seals and Croft. That's correct. This is our summer song. It's a summer breeze. <laughs> Summer breeze, it makes me feel fine. Blowing through the jasmine in my mind. 
Summer breeze. Summer can't get here soon enough. People like, to, people like to talk yeah. about how they love all four seasons. Uh, I don't think so. I don't. I don't. Once the New Year's here and football's over, yeah. I'm ready for spring. Me too. Absolutely. So, right. so thanks for warming me up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. I'm going to ask you to kind of dig into your memory banks. And for the audience out there that's watching you guys, that are fans of you guys, what's one thing about each other that probably people don't know but they should know? For Ed, Ed, I think people already know this. Ed is just a human jukebox. He knows so much. He can tell you, you know, a song or who wrote it and all kinds of other things like that. It's uh, it, his his musical history is is just amazing. It really is. Now, with that musical jukebox, you're able to from ear to chords right away, or so, sometimes it depends what it is. Um, we have a lot of times where people come up and say, can you play this? Sometimes the brain works, sometimes the brain doesn't. And Bob will look at me like, you going to get through it? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> and we've done that on more than one occasion. We, so. we proudly call that stump the band. So stump the band, the rules are you come up and ask for a song. If we get 30 seconds through the song and it's semi-recognizable, you have to buy shots of tequila. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next song gets less recognizable. <laughs> No, we think it sounds better. Yeah. <laughs> you do. <laughs> what about about Bob? Bob has this unique tendency to uh, how how do we put this? Um, he likes everything perfect, so to speak. <laughs> and, and we used to tease him all the time. We we do things just to mess with him. So when we first started playing together, we put carpets down just so that things don't slide around. It used to be the carpet used to have to go a certain direction. <laughs> so Paul and I would come in and turn it the wrong way just to mess just with them. <laughs> so he, did you like, know that they were messing he, with you? I, he's, I he's just lightened up Just a, a lot, minor so. OCD. Just minor. It's, so it's so not we that love major. picking on him about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a lot of fun to watch that. Every once in a while we'll do something on stage just to mess with them. <laughs> so, do, well, that, I saw you earlier laughing at him because you knew that he was picking up on something that wasn't right. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of things that aren't right, we all have them. Embarrassing songs on our iPods. Oh, my, mine's easy. You could go through and find hundreds of embarrassing songs because I listen to everything. And I'll just go through and I'll have a ton of MP3s that I'll load on the iPod. And it's like, huh, huh, here's some J-Lo. What am I doing with J-Lo on my iPod? <laughs> yeah, it's actually not something I would normally listen to. <laughs> but there's a whole collection. So. Yeah, I actually have a full playlist of line dances. Now, it, Country it's, line dances? No, no, well, line not dancing. Yeah. Oh, like weddings. Mm -hmm. Yes, okay. yeah, uh, electric slide, right. uh, you know, uh, the wobble. Um, <sighs> it, it's, it's really band-related. Um, a lot of times we'll be playing somewhere, and this just happened at Main Street Tower. Yeah. We, were, uh, we were playing Main Street Tower. They had a big uh, uh, bar crawl that was going on, and uh, uh, ladies came up and said, love what you're doing, but we want to dance between, you know, on the breaks, and do you have any line dance music? And I said, sure, yeah. So we popped in electric slide, and they were just happy, happy, happy. So... Yeah, that's probably uh, one of the more embarrassing things that's, that's on my iPad. And but it has a purpose. <laughs> it does have a purpose, but you know, when you plug it in and you're playing random and you're driving down the street with a oh, friend yeah. and it's like, all of a sudden this comes on and it's like, you know, it's hey, electric. what's that? <laughs> also, Mambo uh, number five. Mambo number five. <laughs> also have, uh, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas on my iPod. Well, it's a Christmas song. You can get away with it. That's there. true. 
Uh, as a matter of fact, I think we might return to play that for you sometime. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. So for our Christmas record, we're going to drop around Thanksgiving. So, all right. So I, I have to tell you my most embarrassing, and I, I don't take it off because I, I kind of still sing along with it when it plays. The Partridge Family. Oh, love the Partridge love Family. The Partridge family. Yeah. wrong with that? Oh, cool. All right. We were talking about musical influences. I think that's one of the reasons why I play music. David Cassidy. Uh, well, that, not so much. Just the show in, in general. You yeah. know, it's like I love that. Show. The Monkees. You know, that, those were early exposures right. to to music and music groups. And yeah, it looked like yeah, you know, the Monkees were having a fun and. Partridge family was having fun, and I just want to get out and have fun. Remember the Min Midnight Special? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. I used couldn't to, wait to see some of those guys on there. That yeah. and Don Kirshner's Rock Concert yes. used to come yep. on afterwards. Yep. So. Now it's so easy to access anything. Right. Yeah. But a lot of what you can access is those old shows. Yes, uh, absolutely. So i got to ask you, when you guys, years from now, when you're done doing what you're doing, and you look back on what you've been doing together, for the past few years, and by then it'll be many years, individually, what will you remember most, do you think? We had a lot of fun. Yeah. We, I mean, we've always teased that we're going to write a book about uh, some of the experiences that happened that nobody else knows about and <laughs> probably never should. But, <laughs> but then, Pulling back the curtain <laughs> yeah. on this year, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there, there's been some crazy times. And what, what do you say? You, we've, we've changed clothes in more bathrooms. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we always try to keep it lighthearted and fun, which makes it more interesting. And when I've seen you guys, that really projects to the audience, too, so the audience has fun. So. Well, that's good to hear. Because, and we've heard that from other folks. Um, you know, when you're playing four times uh, you know, in, in a week, you know, it, it, some... For some folks, it might get get a little boring, but you know, it's like we always find something to make, you know, fun and and have a good time. Do you guys ever like maybe after your first set, you take a break, you look at each other and say, one of the two questions, we suck tonight, or we are really nailing it tonight? I, I think that's happened on both ends. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. we've had nights where it's just like, oh, this is awful, and just we're not there. And then we have other nights where it's like, man, the harmonies sound really good tonight, or this sounds really good tonight. And it's really got nothing to do with the building. It's just sometimes things click, sometimes yep. they don't. Sometimes so. it just gets automatic, and, and you're in the pocket. You know, when you, when you jump in the pocket, it's great. Now, you guys talked about playing in Hartford County, but mention some of the places where you guys regularly play. Uh, we're at McAvoy's the third Sunday of every month. Yep. Um, That's Parkville. Mm-hmm. Uh, boat bars during the summertime, we bounce all over the place. Um, I said rowboat willies. Yeah. Um, Bushmill four times Robo a year. Rowboat willies down in Miller's Island. Rowboat yeah. willies in Miller's Island. That place is beautiful. That's one of our favorite places yeah. to play. Yeah, uh, it really is. Overlooks the lighthouse. You're up on a deck 20 feet in the air. Yeah, yeah. So beautiful, nice, nice beautiful place blown. to play. Yeah, it looks like you're in, Again, in nice, the Bahamas. Nice owner, nice yeah. people that work there. So. One of my favorite places to play. Yeah, actually, um, I have to say that that's we have the venues that we play. The owners are great; they really are. They all treat us very well. So I'm very pleased with all the places we play. Uh, we play Route 24 L House in in Hartford County. We're there about six times a year. Yeah. Um, Dijon Vineyards. So we bounce around a lot. Um, 
about 40 different places a year, 30 different places you a year. You guys play at Lee's as well, right? Uh, yes, yeah, we'll Lee's, Lee's Landing. Yep. We play some of the breweries, Slate Farm. Um, so Falling Branch. Falling, Falling Branch. Branch is coming up in, uh, in October. So where can they find your schedule? Uh, we have our schedule out on Maryland Party. Okay. So if you go to Maryland Party, you look up uh, This Your Monkey, you can find us there. We also have a Facebook page, uh, This Your Monkey. Um, we have uh, a website. And uh, we have a... Uh, In Instagram. Instagram. Uh, Twitter. We're, we're failing at Twitter. So. so we really need help with Twitter. Uh, I only have nine followers. So, you know, it's <laughs> like... Twitter is an interesting animal for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of Twitter, where I get on Twitter, I'm talking about the Ravens. So I got to ask you guys, I know you're big Ravens fans, a few questions about the Ravens. Does C.J. Mosley stay or go? The legal tampering period opened up as we're filming today, March 11th. So does he stay or go? I would like to see him stay, but not for an outrageous sum of money. And I think he will get better offers than what the Ravens will offer him, which I think is a smart move. Um, for once, I'm going to use the company line and say, right player for the right money. I would agree. So. Yeah, I think he's going to go. I think that the, the issue that the Ravens are facing, not that they don't want to give him a fair contract, but that they waited long enough to allow him to hit the market. There's no incentive for him not to try to test the market. They should have done it last year. Yeah. And they didn't have cap space to do it last right. year. So. But with CJ, I think that there are some teams out there that are so flush with cap space that they have to at least um, buy to the floor. Sure. So I think it's going to be a rub against them. So what about Le'Veon Bell? Do you think he's going to become a Raven? A lot of rumors about that. I hope not. Really? Yeah. You hope not? I hope not. I, I think I'd like to see him, but I thought uh, his deal was he couldn't go uh, you know, anywhere on the East Coast. No, he's a free agent, so he so can he go wherever he wants. I, I, but I, I thought the Steelers you know, were talking about uh, there was some reason why he couldn't come here. They, if they were going to tag and trade him, they, they had yeah. control. But right now oh, they have I no see. control. They have oh, no okay. control. Okay. So. I think he tweeted out last week. Free at last. Free at last. Yeah. Yeah, my, wow. my, so. my feeling on that is that it would take an awful lot of money to bring him here. And I'm not sure where the team is as a whole yet. So it's like, why well, spend a lot of money, tie up a lot of cap space when you get so many other issues? And it's like, is Lamar the answer? Who knows? Well, we've I, seen I the like NFL see teams wait a year. turn yeah. around pretty quickly. Agree. And... So there's no reason to press any panic buttons. So. Le'Veon Bell is an outstanding player. Let's, there's no bones about that. But that said, there's a, there's a little bit of baggage that comes along with it. That, and just based on what I saw with the Ravens last year, I don't think one player is going to push them over the top. I would agree with that. So I think they need multiple things to kind of gel together. And you're tying up a whole bunch of money in cap space for the next couple of years. That, I'm not sure I would do it. So speaking of gelling together, you guys have done it twice already. You're going to do it one more time for us with Love Song from The Cure, right? Correct. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Really Th appreciate having you here. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks for having My us pleasure. in. My pleasure. Thank you so much. So Appreciate it. This Your Monkey, Bob Copper, Ed Pabst. One more song from them, Love Song by The Cure.
Never.